can't sleep? Don't want to sleep? Afraid to sleep? Are the windows closed? Are your doors locked? Did you check your closet? And under your bed? Maybe you should keep a light on in the hallway, just in case. Now settle in. Make yourself comfortable. Lay back. Close your eyes. And let me tell you a story. Have you ever experienced deja vu? That feeling that you've lived a particular moment before. Some people think it's just a trick of the brain. Sensory inputs getting mixed up, convincing you you've seen something before. But what if it's something else? What if you're actually traveling back in time a fraction of a second? And what if you found a way to go back further? Think of the things you could make better or worse. Time Walker Sorry to interrupt, but I wanted to let you know that right now, through the end of July, you can vote for Bedtime Stories for Insomniacs at the Podcast Awards. It's fast, free, and a simple way to let me know you enjoy these stories. Of course, make sure you do the subscribe, rate, review, and share thing, too. And I promise I'll keep on delivering high-quality fiction almost every week. Hopefully, award-winning fiction. Go to podcastawards.com or find the link at bedtimestories.studio. Click on the big blue button and follow the directions. Go ahead. I'll wait. Just kidding. You can do it after the story. Now, back to our regularly scheduled tale. He's a what? I asked my friend Mark, not sure I had heard him correctly. A time walker, he repeated, as if it was a term I heard every day. It's so obvious. What is a time walker? He pointed at the television as if that answered my question. We were watching a tennis match, one in which the number one player in the world was easily trouncing his competitor. It was as if he could read his opponent's mind. I don't understand, I confessed. Seriously? You haven't heard about time walkers before? No, what the hell is a time walker? Mark paused the action on the TV, then sat up and turned to me. Do you ever have deja vu? he asked. Of course, everyone does. Exactly. And do you know what it is? Some quirk in your brain. Signals traveling through different pathways, making you think something you see is something you've seen before. Mark nodded. That's what some people think. Or if you believe Morpheus, it's a glitch in the Matrix, I added. He smiled at my reference to the Keanu Reeves movie. It's neither one of those, he told me. It's you traveling back in time a fraction of a second living that tiny slice of your life twice. I laughed. Oh, really? I can travel through time. Everyone can, at least long enough to experience deja vu. But people like him, he said, waving the remote at the frozen image of the pro tennis player, can go further. He probably can manage a second or two. That's how he can anticipate what his opponent is going to do. That's crazy, I said. You're pulling my leg. Watch him. Watch close. Mark said as he unpaused the TV. I watched the action unfold, keeping an eye on the player. He indeed seemed to start moving toward where the ball was going to be before his opponent even swung at it. He 
He's just lucky, I offered. No one's that lucky. He's a time walker. They're all over once you know what you're looking for. Like what? Professional poker players who always seem to win on the river. Golfers who sink impossible putts. Quarterbacks who always seem to be able to duck out of a sack. You don't need to be able to travel through time to do any of that. It sure helps. Can you? I asked. He smiled. Why do you think I always come out ahead at the blackjack tables? <laughs> you cheat at cards. If I take a hit that busts me, I just go back a second and wave it off. I can't do it every time, but enough that I don't always lose my shirt. I stared at him, trying to see if he was on the verge of laughing at me. You're making this up, I accused. He sat back, took a deep breath, and stared at me. Think of a number between one and a thousand, he challenged. I'll count to three, and you tell me what it is. How is that one, two, he counted. Then we both said, 722. Actually, he said it a fraction of a second before me. How did you do that? I just waited for you to tell me the number, then went back in time and told it to you first. You're really a time walker? I can do it once in a while. Not anything like him, Mark said, turning his attention back to the tennis match. But it comes in handy from time to time. All you have to do is let your mind go and focus on that moment just before something happens that you want to change. There are some people who can do it consistently for a second or two whenever they want, which is a great advantage in something like tennis or basketball. You've seen players who always seem to know where the ball is going to be. Then there are people who can go back several seconds, even up to a minute, but only once in a while. Think about those investors who buy or sell at just the right moment before a stock or some cryptocurrency takes off or tanks. You're saying they're all time walkers? No, not all of them, but enough to explain why certain people get ahead or dominate in sports. Ken Jennings made a killing at Jeopardy. He's a time walker? Who is the world's biggest cheater? He responded in the form of a question. I still think you're jerking my chain, I said. Mark shrugged. That's how they get away with it. No one believes it's possible. He grabbed a bowl of chips and returned his attention to the tennis match. The more I watched, the more I started to believe he might be telling the truth. Later, while I was surfing the web, I found a few websites that echoed the claims Mark made. Some posited scientific explanations for how such phenomena could be possible. It all sounded like science fiction to me. Other sites offered tutorials and exercises you could do to unlock your own ability to time walk. Curious, I gave it a try. The key, apparently, was creating that sense of deja vu on purpose. Like Mark described, the first step was allowing your mind to drift free, to disconnect yourself from time. That was a lot harder than it sounded. No one could exactly describe how to do it. It was all a matter of trial and error that started with trying to envision yourself in a moment, not as if you were viewing it, but as if you were observing yourself. One website described it as pressing the back button on your DVR and causing the scene you were watching to replay the last however many seconds you could manage. Once you had that feeling of deja vu, you knew you had succeeded. Part of me thought the whole thing was a joke, an internet hoax, something people posted to get clicks. I found a few self-described time walkers on TikTok, but they all seemed to mock the notion instead of demonstrating any actual ability. 
Still, I couldn't get that tennis match out of my head. Mark was right. Once you saw it for what it was, you started seeing it everywhere. I went to a casino, trolling the craps tables for players who seemed to be on extraordinary rolls. There were more than I would have expected. The more evidence I collected, the more I wanted to make it happen for myself. I'd experienced deja vu in the past, so, according to Mark, I had the raw ability. Pretty much everyone did. I just needed to find a way to make it happen on purpose. I grabbed a 20-sided die left over from my high school days as a Dungeons and Dragons geek and used it as a test, rolling it over and over in a felt-lined tray. Then I did my best to disconnect from time, set my mind free. After the die settled on a value, I focused on that moment just before it came to rest, trying to take myself back to that point in time. I imagined I was watching it over my shoulder instead of through my eyes. I must have rolled that die a thousand times. Two thousand. And then it happened. That unmistakable sense of deja vu. The die came up twenty, and I saw it come to rest on the same number, at the same angle, in the same place. I had done it. In the course of another thousand rolls, I managed to replicate the feat five or six more times. The following thousand times, I created that sensation of seeing the same thing happen twice, at least a hundred of those times. I couldn't believe it. I was a time walker. The more I did it, the easier it became. I tried extending the length of time I could go back. One second, then two, as many as three. It was getting easier. I decided I needed to put my newly developed powers to the test and drove to the nearest casino. A $20 bill bought me four red chips. I stared at the electronic sign that displayed the last ten numbers at the roulette table as I listened for the croupier to launch the steel ball circling the spinning wheel. Then I waited for the number to show up. Twenty black. I tried to slip back in time to make my bet, but I didn't go back far enough. No more bets, the croupier announced before I could place my chips. Was it too noisy? Too crowded? I stared at the numbers, listening for the sound of the ball racing around the edge of the wheel. Eleven black. I could see myself at the table. The number hadn't posted yet. The ball made its first revolution. I placed my chips on black. No more bets, the croupier warned. The ball settled into a slot on the wheel. Eleven black, he said, clearing out the losing bets before doubling my stack. I took the chips and walked away. I couldn't sleep that night. I was thinking of all the ways I could use time walking to improve my life. Making money was an obvious opportunity, but I also started to think about how I could use it to get ahead at work, maybe even improve my relationship with my girlfriend, Doris. My first chance to test the practical application of my abilities came during the weekly status meeting at work. My boss, Stan, had a habit of trying to make his employees feel like failures by pointing out what was done wrong the previous week and quizzing us on the metrics that only he had access to. Do you know how many late dispatches we had last week? We all stared dumbly at Stan as he waited for a reply. Twenty-seven, he answered for us. I let my mind loose, watched myself listening to Stan as he asked the question. And then I was there, at the moment when Stan finished asking what he meant as a rhetorical question. Twenty-seven, I said. Everyone looked at me, then at Stan. That's right, he said, uncharacteristically at a loss for words. 
He picked up the notes he had in front of him and held them close to his chest. And do you know how much of a shortage we had on inventory? Everyone looked at me again. I shrugged. Stan smirked. $11,300, he said. I walked back three seconds. 11000 I replied. Stan started to correct me. And $300, I finished. Everyone stared at Stan. The point, he said, completely flustered by now, is that we're off target. And if anyone's expecting bonuses this quarter, we need to do better. We got it, Stan, I said. Yes, I am sure you do. At dinner, Doris seemed upset. We were sitting at a table at our usual Friday night restaurant. It wasn't anything fancy, but the food was good and affordable enough to make it a regular date night. Once I figured out how to turn my time walking into some extra cash, I'd take her someplace nicer. Bad day? I asked. Doris poked at her salad, then glared at me. Do you want to talk about it? She sighed and shook her head. You are impossible, she said. Me? You really don't remember? Remember what? My birthday, she said angrily. I had totally forgotten. I was so distracted by thinking of ways to take advantage of my time walking that I completely forgot about Doris's birthday. I'm sorry, I said. We talked about this, Doris said. I told you I need someone who puts me first. And this isn't the only time you've forgotten something like this. I can explain, I said reflexively. Don't bother, she said. I'm done. Doris, I pleaded as she got up from the table. You know, I actually convinced myself that you were going to propose tonight. I can't believe how wrong I was about you. All the years I've wasted. Goodbye. She walked out of the restaurant just as the waitress brought our entrees. I thought about walking back in time, but to do what? Tell her happy birthday as she stormed out? If I was going to fix this, I needed to do more than go back a few seconds. And that was impossible. I laid in bed, mad at myself for getting so caught up in time walking I forgot Doris's birthday. What good was it if I couldn't fix the things that mattered? I thought back to that morning. Doris had spent the night. She woke up before me and spent who knows how long just watching me sleep until my alarm went off. As I recalled those moments, I remembered the disappointment on her face when she said a cheerful good morning and I said good morning back instead of happy birthday. She was right. I wasn't the best boyfriend. I often forgot things or failed to notice her when she was in the same room as me. That's just the way I was. I was trying to change. I wanted to change for her. Doris was fantastic, and I had been seriously thinking about asking her to marry me. But now that was in the past. Sixteen hours in the past, to be precise. I pictured myself lying in bed, waking up to find Doris looking at me, smiling. Good morning, she said. Something was wrong. It was no longer dark, and Doris was lying next to me, her head on her pillow, looking at me dreamily. What? I asked. I said, good morning. Was it possible? Had I time-walked back to that morning? She smiled at me expectantly. I smiled back. Happy birthday. You remembered, she said excitedly and gave me a kiss. Of course. What did you get me? It's a surprise, I said, stalling. Oh, you'll get it at dinner. 
or something nice. Ooh, a fancy restaurant. I can't wait. She gave me another kiss. My mind raced. I had a second chance, and I wasn't going to screw it up this time. After Doris left for work, I called in sick and raced to the casino. I risked the $100 on nine red and won a quick 3500 but I wanted to get her something nice, so I placed another bet on black and doubled my money again. With over $7,000 in my pocket, I had enough to get her a beautiful two-carat diamond ring, with enough left over for me to rent a tuxedo and a limousine for the evening. I picked up Doris at her place. She looked ravishing in the elegant black dress she wore, and smiled happily when she saw me arrive in the limo wearing my tux. We went out to a steakhouse that was well outside my usual price range. I ordered a bottle of champagne. This is the best birthday I've ever had, she said. Really? You haven't gotten your present yet. I got out of my chair and kneeled beside her, taking the ring box out of my pocket. I didn't even need to ask the question. Yes, she said. Yes, I will. Life picked up from there. My little trick at the weekly status meetings of answering Stan's performance trivia questions earned me a promotion. I made occasional trips to the casino, trying to spread out my winnings so as not to draw too much attention. And Doris found me much more attentive, even if I didn't get things right the first time. Then one day I came home to find her in tears. My mother passed away, she said. Dad said she didn't want me to know how sick she was, but I didn't get a chance to say goodbye or show her my ring. I'm sorry, I told her. I thought about how the previous weekend we decided to stay in and binge some dumb true crime series on Netflix. We could have driven up to her parents' place, spent the weekend. But maybe we still could. If I could go back nearly a day, why not a week? After Doris went to sleep, I got up and quietly sneaked out into the living room. One of the things I had read about was how some time walkers claimed they could go back over large time spans with the aid of meditation. I sat down on the floor and closed my eyes. I took deep, slow breaths and cleared my mind, trying to disconnect myself from time. I pictured that previous weekend, Saturday morning when it looked like it was going to rain, and Doris announced that she just wanted to veg out in front of the TV. Us snuggling up on the sofa like we used to when we were first dating, all those years ago when we were in college. I thought about the way she would curl up next to me, a blanket pulled up to her chin as we ate microwave popcorn. Then, I was sitting next to her, watching TV. It worked. Only, there was something different. We weren't on my sofa, watching the big screen television I had bought a few weeks ago. We were on the ratty couch in my college apartment, watching the second-hand 24-inch TV set I had inherited from my brother. And we weren't watching Netflix, it was a DVD of the animated movie Minions. I stood up, spilling the plastic bowl of burned microwave popcorn, nearly causing Doris to fall off the couch. What's wrong? she asked. Her hair was longer, pulled back in a ponytail, and she was wearing the round wireframe glasses from before her laser eye surgery. What year is it? She laughed. Did you bump your head or something? Tell me, what year is it? I asked again. 2015, she said. Eight years. I had walked back eight years. This was my senior year. I couldn't go through that again. I hated college. What's going on? Doris asked. You're scaring me. I gotta go, I said. What? 
It's movie night. I have to go see Mark. He needs my help for his calc class. You're going to help him? I mean, I need his help. I leaned down and gave Doris a kiss. I'll be back soon, I promised. I raced out of my apartment, trying to remember how to get to Mark's place. He lived across campus in a house with a bunch of other engineering students. I found the place. Mark was sitting on the porch, half a dozen empty beer cans next to him while he nursed a seventh one. Hey, what are you doing here? Mark, I need your help. Well, my tutoring hours are Monday through Friday from... I'm a time walker, I said, cutting him off. <laughs> what? A time walker, you know, deja vu, slipping through time, Ken Jennings, the Jeopardy guy? I went back too far. I need to know how to get back. Dude, I have no idea what you're talking about. Listen, in the future, you tell me about people who can go back in time for like seconds or even minutes. Really? Yeah, you called them time walkers. I found out I could do it too. Cool. Not really. I was doing fine with little five or ten second jumps. But then I went back nearly a day so I could marry Doris. You and Doris get married? I knew it. She's a keeper, bro. And then her mother died and I thought I could go back a week so she could say goodbye. But I ended up here. Eight years in the past. Whoa. You got any stock tips? I need to get back, Mark. I can't live this part of my life over again. It sucked the first time around. Dude, I don't know what to tell you. If I do know some way to help you in the future, I don't know it now. I pulled up one of the plastic chairs on the porch and sat down, facing Mark. Think, what can I try? Mark nodded, then finished his beer and stared at me. Start from the beginning. I told him everything I could remember. Thankfully, he was drunk enough to believe me. So it seems to me the key is this disconnecting from time thing. Right. And you went back this far by using meditation. Exactly. He snapped his fingers. Sensory deprivation tank. What? It's a tank of warm, salty water. You lie inside of it, in the dark, complete silence, completely cut off from anything. And all you have to do is picture yourself back to the future. No flux capacitor required. Where am I going to get a sensory deprivation tank? I have one over at the psych department. Come on, I'll show you. The lab was empty and fortunately unlocked. Mark led me to the tank. It was an enormous steel capsule with a round door on top at one end. You should probably strip down, he told me. You know, for maximum effect. He opened the hatch. Looks like it's full. Ready to go? I hesitated. What have you got to lose? I stripped down and climbed into the tank. The water was warm, almost body temperature. I stretched out, finding myself incredibly buoyant. Don't drink that, Mark warned. It's twice as salty as the Dead Sea. Good luck. He closed the door, leaving me in total darkness. I emptied my mind, disconnected myself from time. I tried to picture myself consoling Doris when she told me about her mother but the absence of any sensory input was all I could think about. Nothing happened. I was still enveloped in darkness, floating in a pool of warm liquid. Only, now it felt like I was curled up. My knees pressed against my chest, my head bent down to touch them. I tried to stretch out, but I couldn't. I was wrapped up in something. Something that was squeezing me. I tried to breathe, but I couldn't. It was as if my lungs didn't work. Then the squeezing became tighter. 
and I started moving. What was happening? What kind of tank was this? My head pressed up against something. I could feel it squeezing my skull, moving down over my face. I tried to open my eyes. It was so bright, and everything was blurry. I could feel the rest of my body slipping out. It was cold. Hands grabbed me. Something sucked fluid out of my mouth. It's a boy, someone said. Can I see him? A familiar voice asked. Someone I knew. Oh, he's beautiful, she said. It was my mother. Mom? I tried to say. But it came out as a high-pitched cry. What had I done? It was the cry of a newborn baby. Time walking, I realized, only went in one direction. And the sensory deprivation tank had taken me back to a time in my mother's womb. I was going to have to live my entire life over again, right from the very beginning. I took in a deep breath, intending to cry as long and loud as I could. Then I stopped, thinking about all the things I could do differently. He looks so happy, I heard my father say. Of course I was happy. I definitely was going to buy a Bitcoin this time around. Thank you for listening to Time Walker, written especially for the Bedtime Stories for Insomniac's Fiction podcast by Rich Hosek. Please remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast app, rate us on Apple, Spotify, and Audible, and share these stories with anyone who enjoys audiobooks. Also, I'd really appreciate it if you could stop by podcastawards.com and vote for Bedtime Stories under the Fiction category. You can find the link at bedtimestories.studio. And while you're there, sign up for our Insomniac Snoozeletter to be notified of new episodes and exclusive offers and get a free bookmark. You can visit richhosick.com to learn more about the host of Bedtime Stories for Insomniacs. Thanks again, and all the very best.